Ultimately, everything kind of boils down to one question. What's the fucking point? So, let's talk about it. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and this podcast brings a little levity and a lot of curiosity to some of the biggest questions and ideas that us meager humans can ponder. Join me and our guests each week as we dig into topics around consciousness, spirituality, psychology, and philosophy, all with a healthy dose of existential angst. And now, today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to What's the Fucking Point? It's episode two, and that means it's our first guest episode today. I am so excited for you to meet my friend Sarah Rogers. Sarah is a fellow therapist here in Nashville, and she focuses on a specialization called drama therapy that she'll tell you all about during the episode. She studied at the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco after getting her bachelor's in theater and community outreach. Sarah is a light and a little powerhouse. Um, She's an incredible person. I know you're going to love her as much as I do. And I'm going to tell you this fun story or combo sad, fun, inspiring story, I guess. Sarah and her husband were out on uh, New Year's Eve and this past um, year, just six months ago, and they saw this terrified dog wandering the streets of East Nashville and noticed that it had, she had her collar just embedded into her neck. So she was clearly neglected and scared and could have been hit by a car at any moment or I'm sure would have died soon had they not decided to change their entire evening plan and rescue her and arrange for her to have a major surgery and then fostered her for the next four or five months until about a month ago. And I just, I think that that story really captures the kind of person that Sarah is and also on top of just having a heart of gold, she just likes to have fun and play. And that comes through in the drama therapy work that she does and also just as a human. So I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. And thank you so much to everyone who has sent encouragement after I launched the first episode last week. I already have a number of other guest conversations that I am so thrilled to share with you soon. And if you like the show, share it with a friend, review it on iTunes. It helps more people find out about it. Thank you so much. And let's get into the show. So here we are. Hi. Yay. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'm glad to do this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Sarah has gotten to experience my technological learning curve <laughs> as uh, most of these interviews that are, or any interviews that I've ever done have been via Skype. And so it's just like me and my little microphone and my pajamas at home and well I'm essentially like sort of wearing pajamas right now (laughs) we're going to do yoga yeah right intentional pajamas so but yeah so now I know how to set up two mics and we've got headphones on and we're like really fancy yeah we're all all real live doing this yeah microphones and totally whole deal yeah so (laughs) where's your headspace at I know a little bit from what we were talking about but like where are you right now in this moment hmm that is an excellent question. Can you just follow me around and ask me that all the time, <laughs> every day? Yes. I am, overall, I'm really 
embracing this idea of silence mm. has to do with a, a tarot card I picked this morning too, but nice. it really named that like since I um, went on this retreat I told you about mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, um, I've just really been trying to heighten my priority my prioritization of of that space inside mm-hmm. and what's up there in all the moments. So so that's kind of where I'm at is just like I'm I am where I am. Like I'm here and Yeah. You know, some ideas are swirling about all the the generally the things that we might talk about. Right. But underneath it all is really just this thing of like and I'm just gonna be here. That's, yeah. That's what I'm working on these days. Oh, I maybe I do need to follow you around because I need some of that. <laughs> Big time. Um one of the ways that I am trying to infuse a little bit of that for myself is is through just like little morning walks. Mm. So I, I've shared a little bit on the first episode about hiking and and I I don't like take my music or anything with me. I used mm-hmm. to I could never like God forbid I go on a walk for ten minutes without a podcast or music or whatever. Something for your brain. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so now I mean when I can go on a longer walk or hike or something awesome and it's wonderful to have the flexibility in my schedule to be able to do that more nowadays. But I'm trying to commit to just like a regular, like any morning that it's not, you know, pouring down rain or something. (laughs) If as long as I have allowed myself the time, which most days I'm pretty good about, I just go outside and I walk down my cul-de-sac and back a few times. And there's just, it's lots of trees Mm -hmm. and, and it's just quiet. And, like, I have to start there. I'm like, I can't have that be the fifth thing. It's got to kind of be the first thing because I need to infuse a little bit of that into myself because mm-hmm. it is just not my default setting. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. I find mm-hmm. I've been really grateful for having a dog mm. because he forces me to prioritize. Yeah. That whatever that whatever taking that space is in the morning, whether that's just a walk in the neighborhood kind of briefly. but. Yeah at least getting outside and walking and fresh air, which really does change how the day starts. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it gets to be a hike or a a longer something, which, you know, I've been, I mean, the exercise really helps me a lot too, just because I tend towards anxiety so much. It's just my natural, like, setting. Yeah, I feel yeah. Yeah, you don't know anything about that. You know, it's so funny (laughs) that you mentioned that because, you know, I'm a cat person. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But... I'm like, and obviously I realize I know people who have dogs and I know they take their dogs for walks, but I never like really connected like, oh yeah, like you have to do that like every day. Like all the time. I mean, and yeah, yeah people who have yards and whatever, that's, they can just let them out. Yes. And, but yeah, like, wow, what a beautiful thing to like have to have in yeah. your life. It makes it mandatory. Yeah. There's this cute little fuzzy creature going, <laughs> are we going yet? It's time to go. <laughs> we have to go. We, we're going. Are we, are yeah. we going to go stand by the door until you're ready and dance around in a circle? Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Yeah. Like it, it's so urgent for them because it's like, you know, yeah. that's their that's their big activity. Right. Well, and I'm laughing right now because one of my cats, I think, is... They're both dog-ish in the sense that they just are super social and love mm-hmm. to be around people. Mm-hmm. And so whenever someone's like, oh, the cats are assholes, I'm like, you just been around the wrong cats. <laughs> 
But um, but one of them especially, I'm like, she would just probably prefer if we would let her be feral and just right. like, go live with the wolves and shit. Because she's, <laughs> she's all about the outside. But I'm like her little helicopter mom who's like, no, you can only go outside supervised because you're going to get run over by a car. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> some days she's better than others, but like, she will whine to go outside and we'll hang out with her on the porch. Mm. And today, this was one of those mornings where she would not shut the fuck up. She was all, <laughs> just all morning. Oh my gosh. She got rele- relegated to the basement for a little while because wow. we were like, we were trying to sleep. Enough. Shut the fuck up. You've already right. been fed. Yeah. So, yes, I know that urgency. The, and the and pet urgency. We've thought yeah. about trying to... Uh, train her because we got our harness one time but we Mm -hmm. just sort of like put it on and she was like this is terrible take this off so we haven't actually trained her to be comfortable with that but I have a feeling if we committed to that she'd probably be all over it it's always freaks me out to see cats on a on a leash it just (laughs) seems like it's against it's against some basic principle (laughs) but I've seen it right totally a thing yeah yeah, it so is a thing. I know that that's doable. Yeah, we even got a book that's, you know, just been, like, sitting unread on our coffee table called Adventure Cats. Oh, my God. And it's got, like, all these gorgeous pictures and stories of people who are like, this is my cat hiking with me. This is my cat in the kayak. Wow. And, like, yeah, it's really cool. That is cool. So, someday, life goals. <laughs> well, it does help me get out of my own way, I yeah. will say. Cause yeah. It's like, I love my dog, and he wants to go out. And so even mm-hmm. if I don't feel like it, I know that he will have a miserable day. If he doesn't get to do it. Yeah. So that can help me be like, all right, fine, just suck it up. Just suck it up and go outside even though you don't feel mm-hmm. like it. And that helps. Yeah. Me. Absolutely. With consistency. I'm not known inherently for my consistent habits. <laughs> so it really... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said most of us. That. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that makes me think, too, about... I used to have it sitting on that table over there. I think someone's borrowing it right now, but it's a... It's an Eckert Toll Toll Tolle? I don't I've heard know. Tolle, but yeah, I don't Tolle. know. Eckert Tolle. We aren't um, book, and it's called Guardians of Being, mm. and so it's like a little like long little coffee table ish kind mm. of book with beautiful illustrations, and there are some pages where it's like no words, it's just cartoon illustrations or a few words, and then there's some pages that have a little paragraph on them, um, but it's a really lovely book that you can read in like ten or fifteen minutes. Mm. And it's all about how our cats and dogs, like, they know what's th- what the deal is. Right. They've, they've got it figured out way better than we do. Yeah. And, and how, um, like, they are conscious, like we are, but the differences in our consciousness and how language just, like, introduces this complexity that we've just really fucked ourselves over <laughs> with. Um, but it's such a wonderful thing. And, and I think one of the pages says something like, I've lived with many Zen masters, all of them cats. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. There, I certainly, I feel like I, I watch Dennis the dog just be, <laughs> he's just so good at like being in the moment. Right. Because if you ask Dennis the dog, what's the fucking point? What's the meaning of all this? What do you think Dennis would say? He's like, this right here, man. Right. This, whatever moment it is, right? (laughs) If he's like, this nap on the couch that I'm enjoying. Right. This hanging out in the front window and watching the outside go Mm -hmm. by and barking if I see a squirrel. Right. It's just whatever the, it's just whatever he's doing. He'd be like this, this right now. Right. And of course, there's still desire. There's still, sure. it's treat time. Mom, I know it's treat time. Right. I know. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it's not a desire that just like, 
ugh, the word that came to mind is like handicaps us when we just get latched onto these things. He's not planning. Yeah, right. You know, he's not, you know, he doesn't have an agenda of like, well, if I don't, if I don't bark at six squirrels today, (laughs) I will not be a good dog. It will not have been a successful day. Do you mean our productivity is not attached to our self-worth? <laughs> what is this? I mean, I would never say something, so. No. <laughs> um, well, okay. So that, that makes me think about yeah. one of the things that I know we, we have feelings about, both of us. Um, which I, thing? Which thing? <laughs> yeah, there's lots of them. The idea of, like, what it means to be really precious with some of this mm-hmm. stuff. Um like, I think there's a place for those beautiful things. Like, I like I like all the fun images and stuff on Instagram, like, that your productivity is not your self-worth. Sure. And like, all, like, some of those messages are really important. Yeah. That's just um, true. <laughs> but when, right, but I don't know. It's, like, the phrasing of it or it's, it's the <sighs> Hobby Lobby wall art <laughs> life. Like, yes. how do we connect to these <laughs> concepts in a way that's not Hobby Lobby wall art? And how did, and, and when you see the wall art, right? Like, oh, I'm not sure if I know how to say this, but there's something about how did, how did certain phrases like breathe yeah. or, or love or whatever, how did certain phrases become yeah. so popular and commercial mm-hmm. and somehow devoid of actual meaning that they right. were mass produced and available in Hobby Lobby. Like yeah. how did that happen? Right. And like produced in what kind of like terrible factory? <laughs> Not even to mention. Right. Yeah. Right. Completely. Um, who, who was like, you know what we should do? Let's make <laughs> 800,000 signs that say breathe in right. some sort of crafty chocolate <laughs> That are working for burlap 16 something. hour days. Right. And make sure everyone has those in their home. Yeah. And, and no one then they, it, their home looks nice. Right. Their home looks like they, I don't know, have a certain sort of ideal, but... It's all empty. How many of those people are breathing? Yeah. How many? Right. I'm, I mean, maybe this is me just being really skeptical, <laughs> but I just don't... The people I know who are really committed to any sort of yeah. health practice don't have signs, like, not commercially right, bought right. signs, you know, that broadcast that. They, well, they just live... I think you just need to live, laugh, love a little more, okay? (laughs) It's funny (laughs) mentioning, like, this idea of some of these words and phrases um, almost feeling like they've been co-opted. Sort of. Yeah, like, I uh, was listening to, was it, yeah, Rich Roll, one of my fave podcasts. I think I even mentioned on the last episode. (laughs) But um, he was talking on his latest episode, and and they mentioned that of, like, like mm. even the phrase, which is so ironic, like authenticity. It's like mm. even mm. that phrase feels right. like it's like what is what at this point does that even right. mean? It's become like commodified, yeah, along with so many other things. And right. it, I think it, it also just speaks to like the limitations of language and mm-hmm. just because you say, I mean, and you know this with clients, right? Just because you talk about mindfulness or meditation or you talk Mm -hmm. about a concept it doesn't mean that that concept infuses its way into that person's life automatically yeah there's something about having to identify with a word or a principle or a concept in a way that's personally meaningful Mm -hmm. and get inside it in whatever way you can so it means something to you in order to then carry that around with you in life in a meaningful way The, the words themselves don't have any special power right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and of course we can know all of the shit that helps or works or 
whatever, mm-hmm. and we can understand it, we can be able to write a book about it, we can regurgitate it, but if we're not doing it, if we're not embodying it, mm-hmm. it's meaningless, right? I mean, yeah, and and not to say that we all have to be perfect and we sure. have to live everything perfectly every day, but I just, yeah, there's something about, I don't know, I guess the preciousness to me mm-hmm. is when we, maybe it's almost like we go too far in the other direction, right? Like, like we... On one hand, these words and these phrases and, and these con- even a lot of psychological concepts that you and I both know what the mm-hmm. clinical meanings of them are, but there are a lot of words that get thrown around and kind of mm-hmm. used in popular ways, and their meaning gets a little diluted. Um, and and then on the flip side, like like people then treat some of those words and, and concepts as if they are the holy of holies right. and you know you I don't know mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of different ways to carry around meaning I guess totally yeah and that's why like part of the tone that I really want to have like with this podcast mm-hmm. is let's kind of let's laugh like let's be able to laugh with each other but also mm-hmm. laugh at ourselves <laughs> because what is wrong with us like like, there's just all fucking ridiculous right it is and (laughs) and instead of being able instead of like saying like i just i'm gonna be really vulnerable about this you know i just really want to share something it's gonna be really vulnerable of just being like just getting real you know and grounding in that and like yeah you can still share stuff that's vulnerable Mm -hmm. but why do we have to take ourselves so seriously right it's almost like we need to like where's the line between validation Mm -hmm. and being overly precious about yeah totally like you yeah you have your experience and your experience Mm -hmm. is 100% shaping your reality and that is filled with you know meaning and possibility and Mm -hmm. experience and so is the person next to you and so is that person next to them and so also how do you just calm down a little bit about mm-hmm. it all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm thinking about, I know we were talking a little bit about um, Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm-hmm. And and I, I feel like I should sidebar this because if anybody, I, I, I don't know, most people who are listening to this probably know Elizabeth Gilbert and what she's been up to for the past mm-hmm. like several years, yeah. which is really incredible stuff. Until I was exposed to that, Elizabeth Gilbert, mm-hmm. and all I knew was, oh, she's the eat, pray, love lady. Right. I had this totally judgy, like, oh, what a privileged way to be able to, like, get through your Work divorce. Through your, right. Yeah. And this um, cultural whatever. Mm-hmm. But, so anyway, if anybody out there is like, oh, Elizabeth Gilbert, eat, pray, love, like, go and watch her TED Talk on creativity or pick up her book, her book Big Magic. Like, she's an incredible human being. But I was thinking about how in um, in Big Magic she talks about the trickster mm-hmm. and and how like we've got to be able to leverage that part of ourselves too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it's so funny. I feel like part of my allergy to preciousness, <laughs> right? Um, not only is it about going to like a super hippie school for yeah. grad school and whatever, but even like I grew up with very hippie oriented parents. Mm-hmm. My father's a you know an alternative medicine guy, um, and he started his practice in the in 1979. So like, not like how it is now, right? Mm-hmm. This was so I, I grew up with people who were 
very on the fringe. On the fringe, yeah. at least um, you know, as far as their like maybe their values, their understandings of you know health issues, etc. Um, and oh my gosh, I'm losing where I'm going with this. Why did I bring this up? Oh. Um, because so I grew up in this it, with like these hippie kind of very alternative yeah. people, but people who did their research, people mm-hmm. who ran like you know my father's my father's practice has been in existence now for one year older than I am. Yeah, um, and like people who take their work really seriously and who strive to be really excellent at what they do and who um, are very connected to the world we live in mm-hmm. and the realities and the practicalities of say raising a family and yeah. sending your kids to school and et cetera, et cetera. And, and so because that, those were my, that was my family, I would mm-hmm. run into people that they knew our extended community. There were always a few where I was like, there are some of these people are not connected to the earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and beautiful people, whatever. Yeah. But like, I think that's where I, I grew up always no being able to feel the difference between yeah. like a grounded sort of sense of you know your own independent lens on the world mm-hmm. or spirituality or whatever you want to call it um and being able to feel how different that is than mm-hmm. when someone is using that for maybe their own ego fueling yeah. or for um you know to be part of a cool club or right. whatever the the thing is just when when it's even when someone has the best intentions, but yeah. when they're, when it's not tethered to, like, also read, do a little research on that thing. Right. Also, gr- right. like, ground it back down. Yep. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that's, so you, you grew up kind of making that discernment and feeling that sort of in your body. I think on just, an instinctive level yeah. growing up, I just kind of could tell the difference between, yep. like, oh, okay, I would trust that person with, like, mm-hmm. my shit. Right. That person scares me a little bit. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not connect, they're not really like here right. in they're the way in I need them to be world. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it's even more pervasive now in the whole Instagram world and lifestyle. Right. Like there's all these people like who are traveling the world and studying all of these, you know, spiritual concepts and sharing these long vulnerable mm-hmm. posts about them. Right. And, and I don't know. So I'm, I'm like also aware of the layer right now of me. That's like, wow, you're being really fucking judgmental. <laughs> and I also will say I have been proven wrong. Cause I, um, I, there are definitely at least a couple of people who I sort of just lumped into that and was mm-hmm. like, ugh, I'm just not even going to follow this person. She's just one more of those. And then later realizing like, actually she's like really kind of cool I think I was just jealous (laughs) yeah so um so yeah but there's a lot a lot a lot of that out there and so that discernment is really important because I think if for people who are who just get turned off by that they're just going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and they're not going to want to hear any of it yeah and I think being you know kind of like you, you spoke to like the trickster it's like whatever way you can make sense of stuff mm-hmm. whether that's humor or whatever like that whatever works for you to keep yeah. it balanced mm-hmm. i think that's really important and i often feel like i can tell one of the tells for me that someone is maybe not my sort of mm-hmm. weirdo <laughs> is that they that they have no sense of humor about it right there's yeah. no amusement about how ridiculous we all are or how <laughs> perfectly organized and orchestrated it all is right. or or even just like 
in their day-to-day life when something goes wrong or when yeah. they trip themselves up or they say the wrong thing or they have a day where they don't get anything done. Right. It's like, you know, there, there has to be some ease because yep. we're supposed to be living our lives. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to kind of go way back to yeah. um, you mentioned a tarot card that you had. Gotten. Oh, yeah. And so that makes me want to talk about the concept of tarot and divination and sure. whatever that whole bucket of things because and not from like a you know explain us how it all works and tell us the answers yeah but I'm just so interested in each person's perspective on it because mm-hmm. I feel like there are so many different perspectives and lenses through which to see something like tarot mm-hmm. and divination so yeah. just kind of curious for you like what is your how do you approach something like tarot? Yeah, I I mean, again, this isn't like, I kind of grew up with just people had tarot decks, yeah. right? Like this just <laughs> seemed all kind of normal. But yeah. also I never got a formal education in like mm-hmm. exactly, you know, where that comes from or what that is. And make me maybe that makes me like an appropriationist asshole or something. But like, whatever, you grow up is with Is there me. a formal tarot education? I don't know. There might, there probably <laughs> is somewhere yeah, for all sure. I know. Somebody's running a school somewhere. Yeah. Um, but... But, you know, you just grow up with something. And, and mm-hmm. for me, I don't know, I really, the deck I've been using is the Osho deck, which is a very, like, visual. Cool. It was given to me by my stepmom, who's an, who's an artist. She's a painter. Nice. And so she's very visual, and I'm pretty visual and sort of like a more kinesthetic and visual person. Mm-hmm. Um, so thing, concepts that are too heady don't always, like, speak to me. Yeah. But, but the Osho deck is, I just happen to love, and I mean, I love plenty of, I've encountered other ones as well. But for me, I really just, I hold it very lightly. I just treat mm-hmm. it as, like, I just need a hot minute to get a new thought right in my head that doesn't come from me Yeah. to, like, bounce some of this stuff off of. And I, cool. I told you when I, when I saw you when I first came in that, like, I was just having a crap day today, <laughs> and I was kind of cycling in this, mm-hmm. you know, it was just just with my own thoughts Mm -hmm. and they just kept going and going and going and I was just like I'm just gonna pull a tarot card (laughs) just just, you know I just needed a just like a little bit of a brain break and another like a to take a moment with a concept outside of myself yeah and think like how does that like sit with where I'm at right what does that offer me today does that help me access something different in myself than what I've been spinning on for the last you know half an hour yeah, does it does this bring something different into my my thoughts, my field of consciousness that yeah. I may not have thought of had I not looked at this card? Absolutely, cool. That's the thing. Like, it's just something I wouldn't have thought of because I was too busy thinking about yeah. my own thoughts. You know, when you describe <laughs> it that way, what came up for me was like, oh, that kind of sounds. And I'm not uh, like educated about art at all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I could you know point to what's a Picasso versus a Van Gogh and sure. that's kind of about it right um and you know I enjoy some art and then other art I'm like really why why is this hanging in a museum <laughs> so I I know very little but when you just when you said it that way it kind of made it feel like oh that's like looking at a painting and just mm-hmm. seeing like oh, what what shows up for you and what shows up for right. you, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. But what shows up for you might be mm-hmm. very different from what shows up for me when I look at the same painting. Right. And in that sense, we're not like imbuing the painting with mystical, magical powers right. that it's somehow predicting something, you know, <laughs> predicting the future like a magic or whatever. Eight ball painting. Right. But that it might create a synaptic connection mm-hmm. that would not have otherwise yeah. arisen. Yeah. 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 And it, like, it, like, it just, it kind of, at least if you decide to 
really try to focus on it for a hot second, mm-hmm. right? It's easy enough to look at something and be like, nope, I'm going to stick with my own yeah. death. What the hell? Right. <laughs> that doesn't resonate. <laughs> but it's, yeah, they're, I think tarot offers, um, they're just these little blips of concepts, mm. right? They're not, it's not saying here's what you should do with your day and here's the problem with your issue and here's what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. They're not that instructive. It's right. so much more like there's this concept that, that really is just a valuable concept any moment. But if there's anything that helps you find, kind of like looking at a painting, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to choose to interact with this piece of art in a way where I'm at least going to look at, is there a little bit of new space that can open in myself somewhere? Yeah. Um, how is that not valuable? I love that. Yeah, it's being a little weird. So let's there's hang something... on for a second. I don't know what happened. It was it like all like of a sudden. helicopter. <laughs> huh? There is, there's a helicopter. There's an actual helicopter. Yeah. But, like, my headphone seems like it's going a little... Oh, really? It was going a little in and out. I think the mics are fine. And I was... Check, check, check. Yeah. Check. Is yours, yours seem fine? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. seem fine. I just... It was the helicopter that... <laughs> you were like, like, what's my that? My head was vibrating. Yeah. And I was like, is something happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I may or may not edit that out. When no. you move from California and you're like, is this an earthquake? <laughs> because I'm used to that. <laughs> Yeah, and like, I have no idea. Second, I like. don't remember where I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so going yeah. back to tarot, just like anything that helps you find a little access to something, yeah. other than your same circular right. thing where you just you're digging yourself your own hole. You yeah. Know? No, I love that because it's. I like the idea of tarot or whatever mm-hmm. kind of oracle decks yeah. being used in that way, where it's mm-hmm. like this is just helping me access something internally that I might not otherwise just spontaneously access. Right. So that's really, really neat. But I am also, um, so I'm like, I'm sure I'll do more of an Enneagram kind of episode at some point in the Mm. future. Yeah, cool. But as a seven on the Enneagram and as a, a head type, I'm way in my head I have to like yoga is how I get in in my body yeah but otherwise if I'm not very intentionally embodying I am way up here Mm -hmm. and so I want the prescription I want the recipe I want (laughs) you to tell me how to do it I want the exact how do I do the three card spread and Mm. and all of that so and I, I'm, you know, I'm down with experimenting with those different, like, prescribed ideas of mm-hmm. try this three-card spread on sure. present, past, and future. Yeah. But I think where I struggle with that then is, like, how then am I supposed to interpret, like, okay, so I just happened, my hand happened to land on this card for future rather than any of the other cards it could have landed on. Mm-hmm. And am I giving a lot of meaning mm-hmm. to the fact that my hand happened to land on this one card? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's where it loses me, is yeah. when we're getting into the more prescriptive ways of, of doing mm-hmm. readings or spreads. Yeah. Like, how how can I really attribute meaning when I the choice of the card was random? Right. I mean... I'm sure there the the skeptic in me wants yeah. because I'm a six. Yeah. Wants to say, well, you know, they all can be meaningful. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole point of a tarot deck is right. like they that's totally. how they're designed. But also, um I don't know, I think 
because I've played with that too. I've mm-hmm. played with trying to do more like formal, structured readings. Yeah. And maybe it's because I've never done them with someone else who knows better than right. I what they're doing and has more experience with how to like piece all that together. Mm-hmm. But I don't generally find them as instructive as when I work on my own, from my mm-hmm. own intuition. Yeah. Because I do, I get a little hung up in like, well, if this is supposed to, this spot, this card that I pulled that goes in this place is supposed to be about this. But it doesn't, it's not really fitting for me. And like, mm-hmm. how do I relate to that being in that place? And then I get, I get hung up as well. Yeah. Um, and some of that, again, is probably because if I were more experienced with that type of spread, I would probably have a deeper understanding right. of that placement and then be able to have a more relevant meaning. Yeah. Right? Like, I know that there's a lot more to this potentially yeah. for some people, but I'm, I'm also just somebody who really works off their intuition. Yeah. For better and worse. Right. But that's how I find value in those things, mm-hmm. you know, is is really just, like, pulling something up and, like, reflecting it against myself and mm-hmm. seeing where I land and not trying to take on too much formality. Yeah. Because I get stuck in the formality. Right. And I'm not I'm, – I'm a big rule follower, which is Me not – Me too. That does not help. Like, yeah. Trying to do tarot right is just a ridiculous thing to do. But Sarah, <laughs> we need to do it right. You get an A it plus be, in tarot. Let it, it should go. be evidence based. Okay, <laughs> it definitely needs to be evidence based. No, it's funny um, because I'm thinking about a friend of mine who I hope will listen to this because she's awesome. My friend mm. Melissa, she did a little tarot class at her house oh, recently, cool. and she'll probably do another one if you want in on it. Um, See, but, I know there's things I could learn. Oh, yeah. I'm still like, ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. And, and so she – but I just love the way that she she still holds it all really lightly. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Maybe it's all bullshit. I yeah. Mean, I don't know that she'd say it exactly <laughs> like that. But but she's – Yeah. I've had – she's actually – other than, like, I was at Kripalu and I, ha- I did, had a lady do my reading there. Yeah. And it's so hard for me to shut off that skeptical voice. So mm-hmm. I'm like – oh, I could be getting something out of this. But instead, I'm just sitting here going, but why are you really saying that? Do you say that to everybody right. in my head, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So, like, I still am glad I did it and I enjoyed it mm-hmm. um, somewhat. But her, she did, my, my friend Melissa did a reading for me and, and I I should I should ask her to do another reading and, and insist that I pay her for it, for her <laughs> expertise and skill. But, but it was definitely, even though... We didn't. We don't know each other super, super well, and yeah. even less so at the time. But she knew me enough that it felt a lot more meaningful. And just mm. seeing how it was like lighting up stuff in her uh. as she, because she knows the placement of each card. She right. knows the cards like the uh-huh. back of her hand. So yeah. So I guess it really does also just kind of your relationship with it and how much mm-hmm. time have you spent with it, so that when you see that you know queen of Mm-hmm. of cups or whatever you're right. like ooh, i know what this queen right you know what she's bringing up usually or mm-hmm. what she's bringing up in this position and right so i feel like there's there's definitely more to be gained probably if you just spend more time with it which you've probably right. spent more time with it than me i mean i'm still that person who like pulls the card and then looks it up in the book and yeah oh me too it. and then i just like but i the oshos are nice just because i really like the art yeah so. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is, like, they're just, they're pretty. They're pretty. (laughs) I have have four decks, and I'm like, I don't use them as much as I should, (laughs) but they're all really pretty. Yeah, I don't know, I like, I like holding it lightly, but I also, you know, I think there's a lot of things that I think are really interesting, Mm -hmm. but I just haven't delved into them enough to develop that sense of mastery that it sounds like your friend has, right? It's like learning a language or something. It's like spending Mm -hmm. a ton of time with with archetype, right, and people Mm -hmm. who just get to the point where they can 
basically speak archetype. Yep. And I love archetypes. Like, I think they're so valuable and interesting and cool and meaningful, but, like, I cannot go into the pantheon of, like, I'm not, I'm not that well-versed because I don't spend all my time there. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. And then that's where the seven, being a seven can really screw me over is, like, you know, ooh, tarot. Ooh, astrology. Uh-huh. Ooh, this. And, yeah. and I don't, I flit around like the little hummingbird yes. instead of diving deep. So that's that's my like hugest growing edge overall as I have, a person. Yes, I have some <laughs> of that as well. I don't yeah. know if that's our times or just also my, if that's my devil's advocateness where I'm just like already seeing how this, all this time is going to be wasted. So right. I'm not going to spend it all on this one thing. <laughs> right. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but but I also I'm also absolutely somebody who just does better with felt experience. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I run into an opportunity to like really get up close and personal with any sort of concepts or yeah. you know, do a workshop or whatever, that I come away with a whole different level of right. an understanding of something than just I can read about something all day and honestly like I just don't I yeah. don't walk away with much holding on to much. Right. It's literally it's in am. one ear and out the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not that I'm not like engaged while I'm doing it, but I, I just if I don't have a place to put it, right. it's like why I read so many memoirs probably, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm I, I don't yeah. It's just how my it's just how my, my brain happens to be cool. shaped apparently. Well, and this is why <laughs> you're a great like drama therapist and expressive <laughs> arts therapist because well, you to me yeah and but culturally we need that you know it's like mm. you're not the only one who needs that most of us like 90 something percent of us need that we need to be encouraged to drop below you know the neck and mm. and feel this stuff yeah. i mean god we're practically already living in the <clears throat> in the matrix right so we're <clears throat> sorry already getting so disconnected and disembodied Mm -hmm. just on a cultural level and then whatever individual stuff we have going on that we need these practices we need to feel things we need to experience yeah this stuff instead of just reading about it talking about it whatever yeah we're just yeah i mean there are all these studies right about just how increasingly isolated we're all becoming even Mm -hmm. though we're so much more connected right and like people don't have the same kinds of relationships with their neighbors that they used Mm -hmm. to and they don't like we're yeah it's it's going in a funky direction for sure and hey, living in big cities, like, I am just as culpable as the next person for not right. being the most, like, neighborly, like, trying to meet people and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But, you know, but all of it combined and how heady we, we stay and how much we think, like, oh, but what if that person doesn't like me? And what if, right. like, we just govern from this very, yeah, this very heady place. Yeah. So, so since there are probably listeners who are like, what the hell is drama therapy? Oh, yeah. There's the spiel. I guarantee you, your <laughs> listeners are going, what <laughs> on earth is that word that yeah. she just said? So it's so, I want to be clear, it's drama therapy, not trauma with a T. Ah, uh, yes, important. That gets both. confused. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not therapy for actors. That's another <laughs> common, common first assumption. Yeah. Um, it's one of the expressive arts therapies. Mm-hmm. So it totally, it falls under that bracket um, of expressive or creative arts therapies where you would, might find dance therapy, movement therapy, um, you know, voice and sound, music therapy, music yeah. therapy um, as well as, of course, you know, visual art, art therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cool thing about drama is that it kind of incorporates all of those things, right? You think about a play, you have, you have scenery and costumes, right? That's your art, potentially, right? Mm-hmm. You have, like, thing, you have objects that people have created that represent certain things. Yeah. You have, um, you know, actors what voice body right um 
And so you've got and you've got movement. You've got kind of all of the pieces. Mm-hmm. It's basically a full expressive palette, right? Yeah. Um, and it pulls really heavily from from dramatic, um, dramatic like traditions and dramatic um, like principles. Mm-hmm. But there's it's really broad. It's really yeah. hard to explain what it all it, it looks very different depending on who and what and when and where. Right. Um, but if you can imagine like you know, taking every drama game, every, like, you know, all the concepts of, of improvisation, mm-hmm. um, all the, like, and also offshoots of all of those things, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, whether that's, you know, playwriting or uh, mime or clowning or, um, right, and then, or, and then you also throw in a little bit of, like, uh, ritual and, like, old Greek Mm-hmm. tradition and tragedy and sort of some of our like collective humanity that's connected to to theater yeah right in our in our ancient culture um if you kind of combine all of that that's what drama therapy pulls from yeah so I'm wondering because it's like I really especially with my kind of professional background mm. and I've done like psychodramas and psychodrama yes. training and and the way that I sort of couch that in terms of what you're saying is like that's a piece of drama therapy but it's only a piece like because to do drama therapy you don't have to have a group with a leader and a main person in who's yeah directing and role play and all of that like that is one way that drama therapy could look would be like a psychodrama but that it can also encompass a lot of these other just experiential and using mm-hmm. props and Creative, all this imaginative yeah improvisational yeah. or scene based or yeah yeah um yeah i mean that's accurate so the drama so drama therapy is governed by the Na- the north american drama therapy association mm-hmm. there is an association there's a credentialing process it's a whole real legit thing yeah. it's been around since i want to say the late 70s um and like many arts therapies, it's sort of like off in the corner with all the other mm-hmm. sort of non-mainstream therapies Holistic, at the moment, alternative. right? Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's so so that the organization like psychodramatists are absolutely a part of that. Psychodrama technically predates mm-hmm. drama therapy, um, but yeah, psychodrama. Whether whether the psychodramatist will tell you that drama therapy followed psychodrama, mm-hmm. and. And that it's entirely separate. A drama therapist will tell you that psychodrama is one of the many branches of approaches that is encompassed in the giant box that we call drama therapy, right? There's a million different approaches in there. They're so varied. They're so interesting. Right. Um, Yeah. So so it's – but psychodrama is the thing most people have heard of. The Mm -hmm. thing I think really that you – that is accurate about what you said, Mm -hmm. the most – the most, like, key distinction is that – is that psychodrama is – incredibly prescribed mm-hmm. right there's right. a formula right yeah. and it is always followed properly and that is how it's supposed to be done which mm-hmm. is great and that is what it is and i mean i studied psychodrama for in school mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that we learned a great deal about so i love psychodrama but mm-hmm. for me psychodrama feels a little rigid yeah and also um to me just doesn't quite meet the needs of every group or every individual where they're at. Psychodrama is really intense. Yeah. And sometimes there's not really much of a warm-up into it. Right? Yeah. So it can be like a big cathartic thing without a lot of lead-up or a lot of like holding and consolidation afterwards. And I think what we're learning too about trauma with a T is that while there might be a time and a place 
for a really cathartic experience. Right. Throwing somebody into something like mm-hmm. that before yeah. they have some stability or maybe right. have been able to kind of verbally share their story yeah. and feel safe within this group of people is like yeah. can feel like throwing someone to the wolves. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and not to not to confuse like I'm certainly not bad mouthing psychodrama, but but for people who maybe are have have been like, oh, maybe I want to do a psychodrama and just like yeah. get through all my stuff. Like, please right. take care of yourself yeah. and know what the structure offers mm-hmm. and what it doesn't, as far as making sure you have the support you need depending right. on your situation, right? Because yeah. psychodrama is yeah, absolutely amazing. But I, to me, the the drama therapy piece, the, that broader set of tools is so cool because it's so adaptable to literally like any population and situation essentially um and and you know any sort of therapeutic goal and it looks so many different ways yeah and I just to me that's as someone who I mean I'm like I'm always adapting to you know my work with clients never looks the same either Mm -hmm. right like it's just how again with how like how our brains work right that is something to me that has always really appealed to me about drama therapy is that it, it is so flexible and fluid and really up to your own imagination merged with your own kind of clinical you know understanding of of what a certain group or individual will benefit from potentially mm-hmm. and that you know that that holds meaning for me because that's just how my brain works is like I don't do the same thing for that person as I do for the person I see after them right of course I don't yeah so you're having to think on your feet yeah. and on the fly and adjust Always. and adapt as that kind of clinician because you're not following a now today we're going to focus on this disordered yeah. you know right. distorted distorted there we go <laughs> distorted thought and yeah. we're going to teach you how to reframe that thought right. and like it's it is really adaptable and we were kind of talking about how it, that's not only the case for you as the therapist mm-hmm. but like it helps people who are working with you to build that skill in themselves. Right. Like, and, and that's true even for my, you know, I don't do a ton of drama therapy in my individual work. I get a lot more enjoyment out of drama therapy in a group setting mm-hmm. um, for a million reasons. But it, it's even true just in my talk therapy work. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still adapting concepts to fit a way I think it might be meaningful to this person. Yeah. Still improv. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All the time. And I the idea of, you know, you run into this with clinicians and like, hey, good for them if they've found a way that they think is the best way and it's helping people. Everybody has their own way. I'm certainly not saying my way is right, but it's the only way that makes sense to me Mm -hmm. is to be fluid with the different individuals who walk into the room and to do my best to meet that person. Mm -hmm. And that's to me, that's like one of the most meaningful things. I mean, I'm sure you, at least I certainly have had experiences where even in trying to find a therapist myself, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, you're just not really seeing me here yeah we're not on the same we're page we're not really clicking, like <laughs> and not yeah and not for any concrete reason just that mm-hmm. thing where you can tell when you're not being seen as yourself you're being lumped into a category or right. run through a procedure yeah you know yeah it's like how i feel at the doctor's office a lot where you're like oh i could be anybody right now right this is really sucky yeah oh, just <laughs> get through it and get out of here yeah <laughs> and and that kind of felt sense that knowing I mean, mm-hmm. it connects to intuition like we were talking about. Right. And also that phrase, I learned this phrase in psychodrama training where it was sort of like, um, as far as who to pick out from the group, or like uh, who yes, to play yes. this person, Yes, there's this thing called telly. Yes. And it's like, you're just going to know. 
Yeah. I mean, and we could use that word intuition. I don't know yeah. if there really is truly a big difference between the two. I don't know what you I, think. I don't have a big thought on this. Yeah. I, so I have, an, I have an experience which speaks to it. Mm-hmm. Because I do better with experience, yeah. right? But I, but, but the, yes, our knowing as therapists, and then respecting that other people know. Like mm-hmm. we all know, we all have a knowing. That's the thing. Yeah. Tell this concept of tele is just something that that Moreno named mm-hmm. the founder of psychodrama named as a thing, right. and it is something that that his process relies on. But it doesn't just exist in that format, right? right. It's a respecting of like the idea that we all. All humans have this ability to just be instinctive and to kind of know yeah. that this thing fits and this thing is feels like this and this thing feels like that over right. here. So in grad school, they had us do an experiential to like to to like learn to really get what this concept was. Cool, right? Um, because when you're training to be a drama therapist, you're learning that you're as a clinician, you are also you're like a play object in the room. You're not separate from what's going on. You're inside of what's going mm-hmm. on, right? So you have to get. I think a little bit more comfortable and aware of this piece of yourself, of like right. your own intuition, right? Yeah. I mean, it's helpful for all therapists, but it helps when you're like up and in it. Yeah. Um, and so they had everybody, um, everybody. So so one person left the room. This person happened to be me, <laughs> um, and like I volunteered, and then the everybody in the class got together and they decided on an emotion to enact in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I came. I was to come back in the room blindfolded. Wow. No one was making any noise. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. And just stand in the room. And my teacher was like, whenever you're ready, make a guess at what the emotion is. That's so cool. And I guessed it right away. That's crazy. What was the emotion? It was sadness, I think. Wow. And do you remember, like, I mean... I remember how it felt. Yeah. I remember being in the dark. Wow. And I remember just standing there. And my brain going... You have no reason to think sadness. Yeah. Right? My brain's trying Your to brain's go, like, trying to make sense of it. Yeah. <laughs> and there are no clues. Right. Cognitively. There's yeah. no, nothing is happening. Not a rustling. Yeah. There's not anything happening. I'm just standing in a classroom. Yeah. And I remember just, yeah, that feeling of like, just, it's like starts in your gut and it just yeah. happens. And it was very subtle and whatever. It was like an exercise. Right. So I wasn't going to overthink it. I'm yeah. Like, is it this? And they were like, yes. And everybody, we were, we were all just like, whoa. That's so cool. Why and how right. would I know that? And and that <laughs> makes me think about, again, like getting into some of this kind of like out there, more fringe, of course, nowadays, not really fringe right. kind of stuff, but like energy, that <gasps> our ability to, and another word that might also be somewhat synonymous mm-hmm. is that we now understand is based in neuroscience, right. is this idea of neuroception, of mm-hmm. this knowing that's not necessarily a thought. It's not necessarily based on something that we cognitively are right. aware of. Mm-hmm. It may not even really be an emotion. Mm-hmm. It's just a knowing. Like, yeah. I neuroception of this person feels safe. Mm-hmm. Or this mm-hmm. person is one of my people. Yeah. Or I, I feel loved. Not only am I told, because that's mm-hmm. a thing, too, that right. I run into with a lot of you know, people who are dealing with all uh, kind of their, their history and trying to grapple with, like, why do I feel this way about myself? Right. It's very possible to mm. have been, you know, given all the things that you technically needed, to have been told that you were right. loved, to have had the parents who showed up at your ballet recital. Right. But maybe you never actually felt right. loved. And that's that neuroception thing. Yeah. So 
so yeah, whether that's whatever the neuropsychological mm-hmm. mechanisms are at work there, but mm-hmm. there's this, it's got to be something in that energetic field for you to have perceived it without right. sight, sound, feeling. I mean, any of the five no senses, cues. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes me That's also so think cool. of like mirror neurons, mm-hmm. right? And how that way that we're actually all so connected to one another, right? but we don't even realize how we pick up and are molded and are molding yeah. each other sort of in this very natural, like it just speaks to such a cool connection. Right. Um, and there's so many, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a bunch of metaphysical concepts too, you know, yeah. just, just the idea that even just how, just how energy even really works, right? right. And how atoms move and, and how, you know, this table isn't actually solid, right? It's made up of a bunch of small little things that are actually stop moving it. and there's stop more it. space, <laughs> right? There's more space in here than there is, yeah. like, stuff and how yeah. there's actually, like, a there's a vibration and there's a, there's whatever, whatever, right. what's it called? Like a, when the, the parts of the atom, like, jump back and forth. Oh, I can't remember. And so yeah. this is actually not, like, a firm. It's not actually solid. There's no firm edges yeah. to anything, actually, the way that we want to perceive that there yeah. is, right? Like, there's, we have so, there's so many things that we know. yeah scientifically that do point us in this direction oh yeah like this isn't necessarily just about being a woo-woo right hooey person this is also just like yeah what's happening like you don't have to be into reiki right to for energy to be relevant in your life like it's it's sorry it's relevant yeah (laughs) if you you drive a car and experience gravity Yeah. yeah yeah but even just how on this more subtle level Uh like it's it's there it's very real we can perceive it we can't, mm-hmm. yeah. We, I mean, you, we all know, it, you know, it's like when you're little and you go to some, a friend's house and you're like, oh, it feels weird here. Yeah. How come it doesn't feel like my house? Right. And not because anything bad's happening. Everybody in that house is fine, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, but it just feels funny. Yeah. Because it's, it's different. Right. Like I think, I don't know, I think kids sometimes just like, you just know that before there's language for it or before right. you're trained out of thinking something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All very interesting. Right. But isn't that like, it's like, so there's intuition, there's adaptability, there, right? Like all of this is around somewhat to some degree, like trusting, not even trusting yourself, but just like having some sort of internal governance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? right. Having that GPS that's calibrated internally and not, <clears throat> not just externally, yeah. which is what we're conditioned to. Right. All the thinking mm-hmm. until your brain is tired. Yeah. And then our brain, and then we, we get in the habit of like, well, wait, but now I don't have a thought. So I need to, now I need to find a thought and I need to obsess over that. Like the, our brain needs a chew toy kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the monkey mind. Yeah, that whole deal. Right. We're pretty special. <laughs> we really are. I know. Well, I, I think, and maybe, I don't know if this happens for you, but I think since I've been, like in the years I've been a therapist, I think I've only gotten more clear on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, not just that I felt this way about myself or this was kind of how I saw the world and I wasn't sure if anybody else did. Yeah. Not that how I see the world isn't continuously sure. changing, but, but like, but I, but in talking to so many people over yep. time, I've really gotten clear on like, oh yeah, this is like, this is real. This is pervasive. This it's is across universal. the board. This is so, yeah. this is just true. Yep. Like this fallacy and this frailty and this right. fear and this you know, challenge. These yeah. things are all so shared. And I find yeah. that oddly really validating and clarifying for myself. Totally. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I was my instinct. Right. 
that maybe this mattered to me yeah. is only being reflected by, is only being proven that it also matters apparently to yeah. everyone else. Like, this is what being a person is like for you. Right. I thought I was just the only one. Right. And that's why I feel like there is something really important happening right now on the internet with memes. Like, mm. I think, I hope memes never go away. I hope this is not like a phase, although who knows, because in... 200 years when we've, like, self-destructed as a, as a race. Right. Uh, as a human race. Then goodbye memes. Hopefully we bury it and it's some good time capsules to be found by the next, <laughs> by the next race that takes over when we're gone. But they point to that universality in a way that I feel like has never really existed before. Mm-hmm. And with that sense of humor about mm-hmm. it. I love it. I love memes. Yeah. The sense of humor is really important. Yeah. Again, I, I will never let go of that. Yeah. Cool. It's just lightness. Mm-hmm. Things don't have to be funny. Yeah, true. It's just a lightness, mm-hmm. which again speaks to adaptability. It speaks right. to it speaks to you know, just um, I don't know what is it as if I think maybe some of what we were mentioning earlier about preciousness is sometimes that idea that like. You know, when you encounter someone and it feels like some people believe that they are, like, the only human in the world. Those are the type fours, right? No. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know, you, actually. Love you fours. You're the, you're the, I don't know. <laughs> see, I don't know. I know my type. Like, yeah, no I mostly is. know my type, too. But I've been reading a book from a book club. Um, and, yeah, the type four, the individualist. Like, oh, yeah. just, like, needs to be, like, seen for who they are. And, like, right. great. We need, and there are a lot of we the creatives that. in the world. Sure. And, and all of that. But, yeah, right. like. Like, the reality is that we're so much more the same than we are different. And, and yes, honor cultural differences. Honor that my experience as a, you know, straight white female in this country is, like, a world away from somebody who... That is real, but there is also the common humanity. There is also the shared, we all have dignity, we all have worth, we all are alive we're all breathing right. like there's there's the stuff we're that all we susceptible can't. to yeah. depression and anxiety and whatever yeah. all these other you know yeah to to wondering what the hell we're doing with our lives right. and what's the point and why to get out of bed right yeah yeah that's not it the shape of it is very different of right. course but yeah. but yeah there's the universality yeah and yet mm-hmm. you know it does make me think like you we know that right because mm-hmm. we, we are lucky to do what we do and so we do have right. that affirmed in in our work of like yes i do yeah. have some actual sense of what it is like to be a human right because I, that's some of my what i do all it's every what day. we study it's that's, what we talk about right. all day long that's what i like I- interact with and do every yeah. day i'll say i only know a little bit sure yeah <laughs> but, god but it still doesn't stop me from mm-hmm. wanting to make that meaningful for myself. Yeah. Right? Like, I might have these general beliefs and have a general sense of what I believe to be true, but how does that show up for me every day? Right. Right? How do I find the most, I don't know, inspiration, support, mm-hmm. positive, whatever it is, like, whatever the framework, whatever the whatever the creative, the mental creativity is that's yeah. happening as far as how you shape your world. Right. You know? That's also so personal and specific. Yeah. And just knowing that things are common and shared doesn't mean I walk through the world feeling that way. Yeah. And what, you know, it still leaves so much room for, like, but how do I take ownership of this and, and really wanting to, like, feel that yeah. connection more in my life? Right. Yeah, yeah. because it's we can, we can wax philosophical about all of this. Yeah. But at the end of the day, talking about other people, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> it's the what am I going to do differently in my day because of what I have decided 
my understanding of meaning is mm-hmm. or right. any of that stuff. Like the kind of life that I want to live isn't going yeah. to build itself. It's It happens right. a moment at a time, a right. day at a time. And am I defining that life I want to live? You'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Am I defining that life I want to live based actually just on my own beliefs or am I building a life I want to live because it's going to look good or look right or meet some sort of standards that I have internalized from somewhere or everywhere or whatever. Yep. Right? And it's frustrating (laughs) how hard that discernment can be too because, um, spoiler alert, and I wasn't planning on talking about this on the podcast until it was like official, but... I'm, and I've told a couple of people, I just haven't really talked, we haven't talked about it yet, yeah. but. I'm prepared um, to be shocked. Oh, wait, no, I did text you about it. I did text you that I was looking at PhD programs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, that's the thing I want to do. And there has been so much back and forth in my head mm. about, like, am I doing this because I am genuinely internally driven to do it? Mm-hmm. Or is it the whole, the letters, the mm-hmm. credibility, the external measures of success, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I'm doing it, so that's happening. Yay. But um, you know, assuming that all the pieces fall into place, right. which I expect that they will. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's that discernment. I mean, that's a pretty big decision. Yeah, I mean, not as big as some decisions like should I have a kid or not. Sure. Um, but, and then there's how it shows up in all the small decisions all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, helicopter. Like We're near helicopter? a life flight. Or no. is, it a, is it a jackhammer now? Like, right. What is that? I'm pretty sure it's a helicopter. So um, I yeah. wanted to read, and I'm actually not even going to read the part that I was sharing with you before. Okay. I have this book here, um, Upstream by Mary Oliver. And where my head was going Which, as we were talking about Already the title, that. though. Oh, already the title yes. is exactly what we were just naming. Am I yes. doing this because I'm going downstream? Right. Or am I doing this because I'm, I'm going my own way? Yeah, right. And maybe that happens to be downstream sometimes. No judgment there. It's it's not always about just going against the current. Mm-hmm. But just that I like just that image alone. Just yeah, gets me. just gets me. It's beautiful. And so I'm going to share this because I think it does. Yeah, it connects with what we're talking about, and then we can we can maybe talk a little bit about it, and then we'll we'll be done. Um, okay, we're never so. done. We're never done, <laughs> but people want to turn off this fucking podcast by Fair. now, right? <laughs> Fair. Um, okay, so so she says, sometimes the desire to be lost again as long ago comes over me like a vapor. With growth into adulthood, responsibilities claimed me so many heavy coats. I didn't choose them, I don't fault them, but it took time to reject them. Now in the spring, I kneel. I put my face into the packets of violets, the dampness, the freshness, the sense of everness. Something is wrong, I know it, if I don't keep my attention on eternity. May Mm. I be the tiniest nail in the house of the universe, tiny but useful. May I stay forever in the stream. May I look down upon the windflower and the bull thistle and the coreopsis with the greatest respect. Right? It's like just <sighs> silence. Yeah. I mean, that's a gift to be able to articulate Yeah. in that way. And she mm-hmm. even talks about in this same little essay here about how she's like, well, yeah, I might be able to say all this stuff, but ultimately 
like just go outside because the flowers are saying it way better than I can write about the right, flowers. Right. <laughs> Again, thank goodness for artists. Experience. Yeah. People with their very specific skill to articulate yeah. something in a specific way to communicate. Right. right. And even though that's not the experience itself, mm-hmm. when we can hear that level of resonance mm-hmm. that oh, yeah, that's what I feel right. in that moment when I'm experiencing that. That's still really, it adds. It adds to our connection mm-hmm. and it adds to our, to our just the layers of that experience. Absolutely. Pretty cool. Absolutely. I love, yeah. And then it also, and also that feeling of somebody else gets mm-hmm. that. That's a thing I thought one time that I thought was stupid. Yeah. And somebody else said it yeah. and they make it sound really nice. So maybe I was on to something. Right. right? It's not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Anything else before we're done? I mean, everything and nothing. Yes. I don't think so. I think we should leave it exactly there. Everything <laughs> and nothing. That was way wiser than I meant it to be. <laughs> and scene. Thank you so much. Thank for you being for here. having me. Yay. Oh, and where can people find you online? Oh, people can find me at Creative Counseling Nashville. Awesome. Um, or Sarah Rogers LMFT. They both go to the same Dot place. Com. <laughs> All of it, dot com, right? Cool. Yeah. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. Bye. Bye.